to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Calling all reactive dog owners. Y'all, I know that owning a reactive dog is daunting, it's overwhelming, it's stressful, but I want to give you tools. I want to make your life easier. So that is why I created Reactive Redefined. Reactive Redefined is an online course for reactive dog owners uh, so that you have the skills to improve your dog's reactivity and to make outings more enjoyable. So if you'd like to learn more about Reactive Redefined, head over to my website, agfdogtraining.com, um, click Reactive Redefined to learn more. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. So um, Melissa is here with me again. Um, if you missed the episode before this, we talked about preventing separation anxiety, but today we want to talk about um, if you have a puppy in the current COVID climate, um, what you can be doing to socialize your puppy, even though we are supposed to be social distancing. So Melissa, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself again for my listeners, just in case they, they are not familiar with you. Thank you. Yes, my name is Melissa Dallier, and I am a canine affinity dog training. I uh, am currently located in the Bay Area of California, and I have been specializing in both separation anxiety and also uh, early puppy socialization and training for the past about eight years. So I put those two things together to help puppies uh, hopefully not have separation anxiety, <laughs> and then also um, down the line, if and when dogs end up with separation anxiety, I, I step in there. So I love working with puppies and uh, helping them grow up to be safe and sound and healthy and confident. Uh, so when this whole uh, COVID thing started to happen, the first thing that my brain went to was, uh-oh, the puppies, people are going to start to panic uh, that they cannot socialize their puppies or they're not going to understand how to socialize their puppies, but don't worry, you can. And there are still plenty, plenty of wonderful ways to do so. Yeah, for sure. And guys, so Melissa wrote a, a two, a two part blog, three part mm -hmm. blog, two part, uh, two blog. part so far. There may be yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. So she wrote a two part blog about this. So we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes so that you can, you can read through it. But um, I'm really grateful that she took the time because um, if you guys have been following me over on Instagram, you know that I am currently boarding a puppy, uh, a Bernadoodle puppy. Her name is Maggie, and she's about four months old. So she is for sure in the critical socialization window right now. So I'm definitely having to get creative with some ideas for um, meeting her socialization needs. Um, so Melissa, um, can you just tell my listeners, um, so you run a puppy social class right? Yes. Yeah. At the Humane Society Silicon Valley uh, here in California and Milpitas, uh, I run a puppy socialization class there. Uh, and that has been something that I've been doing. I started that about three years ago. Uh, and that is, of course, not going on right now, very, very sadly. And so that was part of the reason that I was inspired to write this blog was because a lot of my puppy parents were reaching out to me via email and social media and things like that saying, what are we going to do? Um, we don't know how to socialize our puppies, uh, because 
a big part of that puppy socialization is not just the dogs playing with each other, but it's, you know, I also have lots of items and things, you know, lots, lots of all of the different parts of socialization are a part of that huge puppy socialization class, you know, people and sounds and, and tactile surfaces and all of those kinds of things. And so when you have that all in one place, it's an easy way for, for puppy parents to tackle a lot of the different essential parts of socialization and now people are in their houses and they're not quite sure what to do. <laughs> yeah. So guys, um, Melissa has been on the podcast uh, before she did an episode where we talked about how to socialize your puppy. So I think that we will we'll include, I will be sure to link that up in the show notes. You can go back and listen to that, but we're just going to make some amendments to that previous episode based on the current conditions. Okay. So Melissa, I think that, I think that for most pet parents, the first thing their mind goes to is that their dog isn't going to have the same interaction or as much interaction with other dogs. So can you just kind of touch on that? Yes, uh, absolutely. So yeah, you're right. Many puppy parents, the first thing they think of when they get a puppy is I need my, my puppy to, to socialize with other puppies. And that is the first and most important thing about socialization. And that is not true. Um, in my opinion, and in a lot of other dog trainers' opinions, that is actually one of the least important parts of socialization. Um, dogs know what other dogs are. Uh, instinctively, dogs know what other dogs are. Um, there are very few cases where, where dog, dog socialization should be really, really high on the list. Uh, and, and usually it's one of the less important pieces of socialization. Um, the things that we really need to be focusing on are, are sounds and, and, and life experiences and novelty and things like that. So don't panic that your dog isn't going to be able to go to puppy socials and the dog park, which they really shouldn't be doing anyway if they're a puppy. Um, but <laughs> don't panic that they won't be getting able be able to have those experiences. Um, those are things that you can work on later on in life. And there are also still ways that they can experience other dogs. There are lots of dogs out going for walks all the time right now. Like everybody is, if you listen to the previous episode on separation anxiety, we talked about how everybody's taking their dogs out for walks right now. And that is still exposure. Um, so number one, you can take your dog out to see dogs. And if your dog isn't fully vaccinated yet and you're not putting them on the ground to go for walks, you can carry them. Um, if they're small enough and, and you can hold them for long periods of time, you can take them out and let them see the other dogs that are walking. Socialization to other dogs is not just about face-to-face, uh, -face, nose to nose, playing. It's just about seeing that other dogs exist. So if you really want to work on that dog-dog socialization, just take them out. Take them out and sit in your front lawn if you have a busy neighborhood where lots of people are walking their dogs, or take them somewhere where people might be walking their dogs and just let them watch. Just let them watch people walking their dogs. Let them smell it. You know, if they need yummy treats, pop a few yummy treats in their mouth. Not all dogs are going to need that. They just need to see that other dogs exist and smell the smells that are coming off of them and learn that dogs in their environment don't need to equal anything too crazy because that's really what it's about as an adult dog is that we walk around and other dogs walk around and that's it. So that's one way you can work on dog-dog stuff, but it's really not the most important thing right now. Yeah, well, and to touch on something about that, right? And like, I completely agree with what you're saying about how like all puppies don't need to just interact with dogs all the time, right? Because I think that that are, honestly, in my experience, causes more problems <laughs> than yes. reaps positive benefits. But I think that, you know, the more non-exciting interactions your puppy can have with seeing dogs is actually better. Absolutely. You know, it, it's really about just normalizing, right? Like, okay, there's dogs. 
there's dogs walking by. There's another dog walking by. You're just sitting here, right? So it's yep. not this like, oh my God, there's a dog. I have to go and say hi. There's a dog. Absolutely. I have to go and say hi. And you know, Melissa, I'm sure you can commiserate with this, but like, I think that a lot of people think that's what we need to be doing. And then here we are with like an adult dog, a one-year-old, two-year-old dog who's a frustrated breeder. We're getting these like overzealous reactions to other dogs on leash. So guys, you know, a silver lining about all of this is I think that it's going to elicit more normal responses from these puppies that are being raised during this time because there's not the social pressure to like get up to the dog. Absolutely. I completely agree. I think that we're going to actually inadvertently create a, a, a bigger bubble that we actually should have been creating around our puppies for a long time. Like we're not forcing them into these interactions, like you said, that, that they really probably weren't ready for in, in the first place. And the same thing with people too. Like our puppies need to observe things at a distance that they can handle. And oftentimes we just throw them into these social situations that they weren't ready for or that they don't need uh, when we should just be letting them observe from the outside and learn things at their own pace. And that's what this, this really gives us an opportunity to do is just let them watch what other adult dogs are doing. Um, just let them watch them walk down the streets, maybe, you know, sniff some things, pee on some things, you know, this is what adult dogs do. And, and observing adult dogs is a great thing for puppies to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I want to just touch on, on one other thing here. So like, if you have an adult dog and you have a puppy and the puppy is not playing with your adult dog, that's probably okay too. Yes. Right. So, um, yes. so, so for those of you who follow me over on Instagram, you'll see some videos of like Tiba and Waylon are completely unaffected by Maggie's presence. They pretty much just pay her no mind. And I think that that is really going to equal when Maggie is an adult dog, she's going to have a great capacity just to interact with dogs without it being this, like, let's play, let's be crazy right? Like, so remember guys, less is more, right? And we would be saying this without the coronavirus. I think that yes. we just have that working in our favor right now. So we're not creating an environment in which our puppies think that they always need to be interacting with other dogs. Yes. I often get, have concerned puppy parents who come into my socials and they say, my dog isn't playing. They're just, they're going to the, around to the people or they don't want to play with any dogs. And I look at the dog and they're not fearful. They're not hiding. They're not cowering. They're just experiencing. And I said, that's fine. What's the problem? Well, I want my dog to play. Um, well, you but don't you have don't that choice. Really. You like that's really. number one. Yeah. That's not your choice. Like, and I, and I'm like, well, you want, yeah, <laughs> it's not a problem. As long as they're comfortable and okay with being around dogs and coexisting, like we want peaceful coexistence. And sometimes that's perfect. Peaceful coexistence is, is perfection in my mind when it comes to dogs. Yeah. Okay. So Melissa, so back to the dog, the dog dog interaction for our puppies. Mm -hmm. So if we have neighbors or friends or people who are close, who have known puppy safe dogs, mm -hmm. how do you feel about on leash greetings for our puppies? Um, Oh boy, that's a tricky question. <laughs> that is a tricky, tricky, tricky question. Right now in the current state of things? Yes. Uh, I think that that has to be a personal, a, a really, really personal decision. Um, I, 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 I would probably personally avoid it. 
And that's um, what I've been doing with Maggie. Yeah. Because I, I think that you have to get there. There's a chance that you're just going to have to get closer than you need to, to the human being. You know, if something goes wrong, you know, if the puppy gets too excited and jumps on the dog, if the adult dog gets too excited and jumps on the puppy, um, you're just going to end up probably needing to get a little bit closer to the human than is recommended right now. Um, I think that if, that's a really tough question. Yeah. I mean, I like to avoid on-leash greetings generally with puppies and adult dogs, unless I know the, the, the adult dog so, 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 so well anyway. Um, I, I think that's got to be a really, really personal decision. Yeah, for sure. And like, you know, guys, I, I, I want you to know that we're obviously speaking in general terms here. I know that um, people's lives are, are different under the new COVID circumstances. So by no means do I want you to get closer to a person than you feel comfortable. But right, if you feel comfortable that you can stay at least six feet away and you know that the adult dog is puppy safe, I think that that would probably be the exception to this. Yeah. Right. That yeah. If, you, that if you've is- seen, if you, you know, if you have another puppy or if your adult dog was a puppy and they played with your next door neighbor's dog when they were a small dog, and you're close to your next door neighbor and you guys are comfortable with the situation, go for it. But don't say that I said you, you had to do it. <laughs> well, and I think what it really boils down to is that it is not necessary to make sure that we're properly socializing our puppies. Right. That's right. So like those yeah. on-leash greetings are not an essential ingredient to making sure that our puppies are quote unquote dog socialized. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And then I think that on, um, so on the people front, obviously our puppies can't be getting super close to people because we can't be getting super close to people. Right. And like we're talking about with the dogs, like I think ultimately that's probably working in our favor so that dogs are like, oh yeah, people just walk by sometimes. It's no big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. You know, we, we want our puppies to be comfortable with people. We want them to be comfortable seeing people, you know, and I always tell my clients and my students, you have to think about what your life is like. Um, what do you want for your dog in the future? Uh, so for those of you who always have a ton of people over to your house and you know have a lot of parties and have a lot of family over, um, there are things that you can do to try to replicate that. But for the most part, I think a large majority of us don't live our lives like that. You know, we want to take our dogs out for walks and have them be comfortable seeing people and, you know, being non-reactive and or greeting them friendly and not jumping up on them. And guess what? This is perfect for that. Uh, You know, again, we're not going to be forcing our dogs, our puppies into situations where they're in a crowded farmer's market or taking them out to a pub too early or, you know, going to places and making them sit at a restaurant too early, which are things that people do oftentimes with their puppies a little bit too early and ask them for a little bit too much. So the types of things that we can be doing with people is, again, taking our puppies out and walking with them in our arms or going to the types of places where people are congregating right now, like grocery stores and pharmacies and places like that and sitting in the car with your dog and just letting them watch. And people are doing strange things right now in the ways that like they're wearing masks on their faces and they're wearing hats, you know, and they're wearing gloves and they're looking a little strange. So you're getting some novelty built in already. Um, 
you know, they're, they're, and, and, you know, they're pushing carts around and, you know, you're going, you're, you're at, you're building in all of these things that you maybe wouldn't have normally thought about. And so you can go and sit outside of a grocery store and sit in your car for 15 or 20 minutes and just let your dog sniff out the window and watch some people wait in line to get into a grocery store. Cause if you're like me in my area, you got to wait in line to get in the grocery store. Um, and then you're going to, you know, feed your dog some yummy treats if they need it again, if they're, you know, maybe a little bit nervous, but if they're happy and wagging their tail, just let them watch for a little while and then go home. Uh, and that's exposure to people. Again, it's normalizing it. It's normalizing that this is what people do. Not every person needs to rush up and pet your puppy. In fact, for most puppies, they don't want that. And for those puppies who do, we don't want that. Like no. we don't want them learning that every person is going to come up and pet them because that's how you get puppies that are way too excited greeting people who are jumping on everybody. And then a few months down the line, you're calling myself or Rachel and saying, how do I teach my puppy not to jump on everybody and not to bite everybody and how to be less excited greeting. And so we're getting really good opportunities to just let our puppies observe things and not practice behaviors that we don't want. Yeah. You know, and I think that, I mean, all of this, I feel like in the way of puppy socialization, it's really going to yield pretty great stuff for the most part. I, I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if people really focus on it and actually take the time to do these things, these puppies could come out of this pretty good on the other side. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So guys, if you're not familiar with socializing your puppies, you know, we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want to just give you a little bit more context that the goal is to teach our puppies that X, Y, or Z, a dog, a person, a bicycle, a loud noise is nothing to fret over, right? They can notice these things, they can observe them, but it doesn't have to be anything further than that. And Melissa, I, we were talking about before we started recording, you guys, some creative ideas for bringing the socialization home, right? So Melissa, can you touch on some suggestions that people can be implementing in the way of like um, novel um, surfaces, sounds, stuff like that? Absolutely. So that is something that you're going to have to put a little bit more work into because a, yeah, a big part of socialization is teaching your dogs how to process their everyday world. Uh, and so this is going to be the types of things that happen outside of the house as well as inside of the house because their everyday world is inside of the house. So exposing them to the types of things that they are going to have to accept and be used to when all of this ends. Um, and some of those things are not happening now, uh, but a lot of them still are. We're just not as exposed to them on a daily basis. So some really, really easy things are going to be exposing your dogs to the types of sounds that happen in your house all the time. The washer and dryer, the blender, the dishwasher, um, sweeping, vacuuming, uh, and you know, pairing these types of things with something positive. So when we want our dogs to enjoy and or accept things that are novel to them, we wanna make sure that when it happens, something good happens afterwards. So again, for some dogs, some X is going to happen and they're not going to care. Um, or they're just going to, you know, wag their tail and think it's exciting. But for other puppies, X is going to happen and they're going to get a little nervous. And then for other puppies, X is going to happen and they're going to get terrified and they're going to run and hide under something. So depending on where your puppy lies in there, you might have to start a noise at a lower level and then pair it with some really, really, really high value food, like some chicken or some cheese or something like that. 
And then for other puppies, you know, maybe you start it a little bit louder because they're just a little bit nervous. And then you're going to feed them some, you know, some really, really yummy chicken or some dried liver or some cheese or, you know, whatever your puppy really, really loves until they start to say, when vacuum comes out, I get really, 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 really good things. And then this starts to help them like X so that they say, ooh, the vacuum comes out, I get really, really good things. Instead of vacuum comes out, it's an evil monster and I want to kill it or I want to run away and hide and pee in a corner. Because um, again, this is still socialization. We have to vacuum or have a robot or whatever you have for the rest of their lives. Uh, and we don't want our dogs running away and hiding in another room every time we pull out the vacuum. So this is still socialization in our homes. And then you have the things, you know, in your backyard or in your front yard, the garbage truck, like the, you know, the street sweeper, the, the, the lawnmower, the hedge trimmer, barking your neighbors. Dogs, barking. Yeah. Yeah. So just to give an example really quickly, guys. So Maggie, the puppy who's staying with me right now. So she lives in a pretty quiet area to, with her owners. And in my neighborhood, there are more dogs and the barking dogs, just hearing the barking dogs definitely gave her some spooky feeling. So just like Melissa is talking about here is what we did is we went into the backyard and as soon as she heard the barking dogs, I gave her a little morsel of cookie. And she's been with me for a couple days now. And now when we're out in the backyard and she hears the barking dogs, her ear will like twitch a little bit, but then she goes back to what she was doing. So really guys, it took just a couple of days and now she's like, oh yeah, dogs bark sometime. It's no big deal. Yeah. And that's exactly that concept. That's what we want for dogs to be like, oh yeah, those things happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right, <laughs> right. And we shake it off. And if we're lucky, something really good is going to happen afterwards. But yeah. my world's not going to fall apart, you know? And then we can start to add in crazier things. So maybe you go into your costume closet or your Halloween costume closet or wherever you have strange things and you put on a cowboy hat or some sort of crazy outfit and you come out and you have a play session with your dog. And this is preparing them for the novelty that maybe they're not seeing as much about in the world because we don't have as many people working out doing our, our, our landscaping work and we don't have as many people out doing all of these types of things. So there is novelty that we do need to create a little bit of or something that I really love that I was doing in my puppy socials that I'm recommending to people is um, tactile surfaces. So tactile surfaces are really important for dogs. They need to realize that things move underneath their feet and you know things are shiny and things crinkle and things make noise. So get out things like um, aluminum foil, uh, bubble wrap, um, wax paper, uh, things like that and like lay it on the floor and like have your puppy walk all over it and like have your puppy play games on it and things like that, you know, get out, you know, just anything that you have in your house that moves around, you know, so that they realize that when they walk on things, their surface might be a little bit uneven, you know, and play tug with them or throw a ball or whatever, have them sit on something that moves around a little bit. This is how their bodies learn that sometimes they might walk on a sewer grate and it might move underneath them and that can be a little bit scary. Um, so really just having fun in your house, create a little obstacle course for your dog. And that is socialization. You know, you're yes. socializing your dog while having fun. Like it's not a job. It's fun. You know, just, just anything new and interesting that you can introduce your dog to on a daily basis is socializing your dog. It doesn't have to be going out to a class. It can be you just finding something new in a closet and introducing your dog to it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, um, there's an app, it's called soundproof puppy. 
Are you familiar with that? Yeah. And yes. like, I mean, you don't even need the app. You could just like mm -hmm. find YouTube videos. Yeah. And but, in, yeah, in my blog, there's a bunch of YouTube videos as well. Perfect. Yeah. So Melissa's got you guys covered in that blog, but that's a super easy thing to do. Just play a noise and give your dog some cookies. Like it takes yep. very little time and it has a tremendous impact mm -hmm. on who your puppy will become and how they're going to be able to navigate the world as an adult. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And then continuing to, you know, obviously there's, there's training things in mind. So if you're missing out on a training class, if you're missing out on puppy socials, you know, you can reach out to, to a many number of trainers right now, Rachel and myself included, and we're doing things like virtual training. So we can still help you work on things like crate training and chew toy training and potty training and things like that. Um, because that is part of growing up as well. And it's, and it's important, but you don't need to focus so much right now on sit down, come stay, you know, that stuff can, can wait a little while, but we do, you know, want to make sure that you're getting your dogs potty trained and crate trained. And that's all part of socialization, learning to be alone, yes. leaving your puppies alone so that they don't develop any sort of separation issues because you're not going to work and you're not leaving them alone as much as you intended when you got them two weeks ago and now you can't go out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So guys, if you didn't listen to the previous episode about preventing separation anxiety, this is super ap applicable to your puppies because um, now's the time to teach them that being alone ain't, ain't no thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Leaving them alone for a couple minutes every day, you know, start right away, you know, run to run outside to get the mail or go to the front yard or, you know, whatever. It's, it's even more important for our puppies than for our adult dogs that they're getting experience every single day, several times a day and being alone because uh, they need to learn right away to be alone. Puppies do. Yeah, absolutely. So guys, you know, if you've got a puppy, congratulations, because I think that COVID-19 is actually going to work in your favor, you know, and I don't want to diminish, you know, the weight of all of this on everyone's lives, but I do think that it's our obligation to make light of it from our perspective, because, you know, this is what we do day in and day out is we help guide pet parents with puppies. And I think that seeing some of the benefits on these adult dogs, I think it's just going to make for happier adult dogs and it's going to make it easier to own those dogs. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Melissa, any final thoughts on what people can be doing to socialize their puppies in the current COVID climate? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. We touched on all it. of it. We're on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Melissa, if people want to connect with you, where can they find you? Yes. They can find me on my website, a canineaffinity.com. I'm on Instagram, same thing, Facebook, canineaffinity.com. All, all pretty easy to find. Perfect. And then guys, we'll include the link to her um, blog about puppy socialization so that you can find that and you can find some of the videos that she mentioned. Fantastic. Thank you, Fabulous. Rachel. Thank you. Hey guys, so I do not take promoting a product lightly. I really don't. I'm not going to tell you about a product I don't really believe in, and I'm not going to tell you about a product that doesn't have a fabulous team behind the product, but I was out of CBD for probably like two weeks, and then the lovely ladies at VetCS got me another bottle, and I didn't really think about it, but after I started giving the dogs CBD again, Waylon's energy level greatly increased. I think that the CBD helps him feel so much better. So guys, this is not a gimmick. There is no bullshit. I believe in this product. And if you think that your dog could benefit from CBD, I highly suggest check out VetCS. You can learn more about CBD for dogs, cats, and horses at VetCS.com. And you can use code DisorderlyDogs for 10% off your first purchase.
Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com. Thank you.